0: Welcome back to Between Two White Coats, a podcast designed to help you be the healthiest version of yourself. I'm Dr. Michelle Plaster, a family medicine doctor. And I'm her co-host, Amber
1: Foster, a family nurse practitioner. In our combined 30 years in medicine, we've seen a
0: lot. We're discussing key issues surrounding health and wellness, answering some of our biggest questions, overcoming health obstacles, and giving patient-centered advice in hopes of educating you and providing the tools you need to live a healthy life. If you find
1: our podcast helpful, please consider subscribing so you don't miss an episode. And don't forget to leave us a five-star rating and review. This will help other people find our podcast.
0: Thanks for joining us. We look forward to serving you.
1: Thank you for joining us today. Today, Dr. Plaster and I are gonna talk about things that we want you to know, things that sometimes we assume that you know. And um, often when we sit in rooms with patients, we realize that patients don't really understand certain disease processes. And one of those is hypertension. Um, A lot of patients have hypertension. Um, It's called the silent killer. Uh, Cardiovascular disease is the number one risk of death in this country and so we just assume everybody knows about blood pressure like of course right you check your blood pressure and so this is just kind of break down what is high blood pressure it's like Blood pressure 101.
0: Yes. And we also assume that you care. Yeah, we go We go to med school and uh, nursing school, and we have all of this extra training that tells us what happens when someone isn't addressing their hypertension um, and that it's bad and and it's going to have really bad outcomes. But patients are like, I feel fine. I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't understand why if it's 150 or it's 130, it really matters. That doesn't sound like very many points. Um, or we'll have patients who are like, oh, and we're like, oh, your blood pressure's high. Oh, that's good for me. No, I'm like, well, no. good for you doesn't mean good for your heart. And so we really want to hit what is high blood pressure and why you should care. Yeah. Uh, so just a little bit of
1: a breakdown like what's the we like to use big terms sometimes and i know that that gets confusing some, so that's why we're going to break it down but like the pathophysiology of blood pressure so that pretty much just means like what
0: causes it and why yeah so this is excellent and and complicated but it's the pressure inside your blood vessels um and the and you got to think about your blood your blood vessels as little balloons like the tiny little balloons that you try to blow up and you got to really you try get a to headache pressure yeah you get a headache trying to blow those up And so there are different things that can elevate the pressure in your blood vessels. Um, More volume equals more pressure. So if you have more blood in there, if you're retaining fluid or things of that sort, um, smaller blood vessels will equal more pressure. And some people genetically will just have different anatomy, different size vessels or other things that are going to make you predisposed to having high blood pressure. Um, Your diet, so things like increased sodium, um, caffeine changes the size of your blood vessels. That can change your blood pressure. So there are a lot of external factors that can also have an effect on your blood pressure. Um, But there are many things that affect the pressure inside of a blood vessel. And we have found many pharmaceuticals, many drugs that affect those things. So there's lots of different approaches for how we can lower your blood pressure, through pharmaceuticals, but there's also lots of approaches for how we can lower your blood pressure through lifestyle changes. Um, But physiologically, there's a lot of things that can make your blood pressure high. And why we should care about that is because those little blood vessels, think of the balloon, just keep blowing into that balloon and increase the pressure and increase the pressure. The balloon's going to pop. And so the first things that happen when the balloon pops are the tiniest blood vessels in your body will be the ones that rupture first. So it's really the difference between those tiny little balloons and a large balloon. Well, the tiny little balloons are the ones that are going to pop first when you put more pressure in them. Tiny little blood vessels uh, occur in your kidneys and in your eyes. And so a lot of people will have loss of vision, Um, changes in their vision, and people might not relate this to years of uncontrolled high blood pressure. Um, People will end up with kidney disease. And so if you don't control your blood pressure for a long time, it's going to have an effect on those little blood vessels in your kidneys, and you're going to end up with chronic kidney disease. And that just sort of gradually gets worse. And one of the greatest, if not the greatest reason that people end up on dialysis or in kidney failure is because of years of uncontrolled high blood pressure. And then the other thing that really, this pressure is the pressure that our heart is beating against. So every time your heart pumps, it has to pump into that pressure. So imagine if you're asking it to pump into 120 millimeters of mercury pressure versus 150. Now people will see 150, and like, that's not bad, but your heart's beating 60 to 100 times a minute. And every time it beats, you're making it work harder and your heart's going to start getting larger, what happens to a muscle when it has to work harder? It gets larger, it hypertrophies. And so when that muscle gets larger, it creates a problem. Well, when the heart gets larger, I'll often demonstrate this for patients, that this is the walls of the heart. So you think of the outside of the heart and it enlarges. It doesn't just grow out, it grows in also. So what you've done is you've created a um, more narrow opening for blood to go into. So now your heart can't fill completely. And you're asking this this pump to pump against high pressure, and it's not pumping well either. So congestive heart failure. Does that sound like something that anyone wants to have? Yeah. We don't want to put heart and failure in no, the same ever. sentence. So congestive heart failure frequently is the effect of years of uncontrolled high blood pressure asking your heart to work harder. So what is the blood pressure that we call normal and we want
1: people to have? So this has changed in recent years. So it used to be like we would monitor if someone was over um, 140 over 90, but because of just increased risk factors in general with that
0: blood pressure, now it is 130 over 80. So, so in general, th- 120 over 80 is what we'd call perfect, yeah. great textbook. You know, if our if our medical assistants or if a nurse in the hospital keeps writing down 120 over 80, we're like, I don't think they're really checking yeah. it. <laughs> like that's textbook. Um, but, but 120 over 80 textbook. And just like Amber said, we used to say, but you know, there's room on either side of that. We are living into older age. And so we are recognizing now, if you are at 140 over 90 consistently, it's that um, constant asking your heart to work harder. And we have realized that uh, if people keep their blood pressure at 130 over 80, they can add 10 years of good cardiovascular health to the end of their life. Now, this is the difference between when you are 70, you can't walk up a flight of stairs because your heart goes, oh, I can't do it. You're asking me to work too hard. I'm not that strong. Um, And you get short of breath and your ankles swell and you notice that you really can't do much Um, versus at age 80. You're having these issues yeah. so congestive heart failure is a very real very life-altering difficult thing and if we can keep your blood pressure at 130 over 80 instead of 140 over 90 as our cutoff is too high we're noticing that it adds years of quality life to people's cardiovascular health yeah so uh one of the things which we're huge on wellness but there's a lot of risk
1: factors that are associated with hypertension you've mentioned some of those but um the recommendation is to actually start getting your blood pressure checked at least once yearly at age 40. Now, we like to see that much sooner because often we'll see by 40, you probably have some risk factors and elevated blood pressure, but that's kind of the standard is to start checking once a year at 40. And
0: age 40 is if you don't have comorbidities yeah. and one of those comorbidities is being overweight or obese. Yeah. And so if you are not normal weight, then you can't wait to 40 yeah. to start watching because obesity will increase and being overweight will increase people's risk of hypertension. Yeah and you're making your heart work hard and we need to do something about that. But in that same respect, so we want to catch that and then we notice as we help people lose weight, we have really reduced the amount of work that their heart has to yeah. do and we have improved their blood pressure and we start pulling off of those blood pressure pills. I know, some
1: people are like, oh my goodness, do I have to take this forever? And I'm like, no, let's eat healthy and lose weight and then you probably come off of your medication. What are some other risk factors that we haven't mentioned? I know
0: smoking is a huge risk factor. And people love to, uh, they're nervous when they come to the doctor and they are going to have that last cigarette right before they walk in and we smell it on you when you come in and your blood pressure is really high and you're like, I was rushing in. And I was like, no, you were rushing to finish that cigarette and drink that coffee and they both ran your blood pressure up. So um, smoking definitely is something that if you can stop doing that, you will see remarkable improvement in your blood pressure. Um, Caffeine uh, vasoconstricts. So constricting means making smaller. So if we make a smaller space, with the same volume it's going to have higher pressure so anything that vasoconstricts and caffeine is one of those things so we want to be careful to make sure that you're reducing your caffeine and we mentioned sodium in your diet as well um what you eat has a lot to do uh, and eating out um you don't really know what's in that food um so you've really got to be careful about eating fast food and eating out and that will frequently run your blood pressure up and it's
1: easy um check a blood pressure which i say that like walmart has one typically or like a lot of pharmacies will have where you can so if you don't know what your blood pressure is if you have no idea like you can spot check it you can buy a machine most of them are Inexpensive. I mean, I don't know, like yeah. less than fifty dollars. And you know, um, I've. am sure on, your grandmother has one.
0: Yes, I've looked <laughs> on Amazon and Walmart with patients, and for twenty to twenty-five dollars, you can get one of those wrist cuffs. And people are like, "Are these good? Are these reliable?" And really, they are. Um, yeah. When you use a wrist cuff, you want to make sure that you have your wrist at about the level of your heart, and, your and it'll flat. be more and your feet flat, and it'll be more accurate that way. And if you really want an accurate read, then you can do a read. way a minute or two and then repeat. And many times, just by sitting there, it'll bring your blood pressure down a little bit um but those wrist cuffs are great ways to monitor and if you have you know genetics is a huge predisposing factor for hypertension and so if you have hypertension in your family and you're not sure if you have it then I recommend that you have one of these cups for 20 or 25 dollars I think that's a good investment but like Amber was saying too people in your family who have high blood pressure when you're visiting your mom your grandma Take your blood pressure and see if it's, yeah. if it's falling into the right zone. Um, but really inexpensive, easy to access cuffs are reliable. And, yeah. and, and if you're not sure if your blood pressure cuff is reliable, take it to the doctor with you at your next visit. And we will frequently, um, have you take your blood pressure on your cuff and then we'll take your blood pressure manually and we'll make sure that it's, you know, within a so few on. points.
1: Um, uh, hypertension is called the quote unquote, silent killer. Um, now people, and we f- wish it was loud. Oh, I know if it was loud. People would do something yes. about it. Um, but, uh, often people, some of the side or symptoms that people have had are headaches. Like you said, blurry vision on some of the small things, but I've also had patients have, uh, or complain of headaches. And I'm like, I have this horrible headache. I've been taking all this medication, Tylenol, ibuprofen, whatever, over the counter. And then we check their blood pressure and it's actually elevated. So yeah. that's also
0: a symptom. Imagine having- those blood vessels in your brain that, um, are having more pounding in there because of increased pressure and you can feel that pounding and yeah. a lot of people will feel a headache and then like amber said um many times people feel nothing yeah um and they'll come to us and say oh i was at my dentist and they took my blood pressure and it was like 200 over 100 and they were like i'm not doing anything with you today you need to go see a doctor but they would have never even known it yeah um another thing that i think we really need to recognize with hypertension are Um, I've talked about things that happen over time. So if you're not getting your blood pressure controlled in 10, 20, 30 years, congestive heart failure, kidney disease, these things are inevitable if you're not controlling your blood pressure. It's just going to happen. You will not be an exception to this. Mm -hmm. But... Let's say you have really high blood pressure in just a brief period of time. You can rupture a blood vessel, and if you rupture a blood vessel in your in your brain, it's a hemorrhagic stroke. and, oh, these and the are, outcomes are horrible. The outcomes are horrible. These are very serious things, and if you live, you will have residual loss. Yeah. Um, you can also rupture blood vessels in other places, and when you rupture blood vessels in other places, it could be a ruptured aneurysm um, or other things that also have really horrible yeah. outcomes. Sometimes you know cause of death. Yeah.
1: And so often these do require medication management. And we are very big on lifestyle. So we we want you to lose weight and watch your sodium and drink the water and cut the caffeine and quit the smoking. But often we do have to uh, lower those pressures in a safe range that you're not having um, these long term and sometimes, um, you know, acute effects. So, um. there's multiple medications for blood pressures. We won't go through all of the medicines, but um, sometimes people have side effects from those. And so often when I put patients on blood pressure medications, I'll have them return quickly. And I know that that people sometimes say, well, that's frustrating. I have to come
0: back in two weeks. And I'm like, Really? Like, I'm saving your life. First, we need to know, is the medicine doing what we hope it will do? Is your blood pressure now in a safe range? And are you tolerating it well? Because we've been doing this long enough to know that people will come back in six months and go, oh, that medicine made me sick and I stopped taking it. It's like, well, your blood pressure is now 200 over 100 and you stopped taking the medicine. You know, I think it was very enlightening when we did the podcast episodes with your dad. Oh, yeah. And he talked about when um, he was told he had high blood pressure. Um, he kind of gave it to God and moved on with yeah. his life. Love Mo- how that worked out. Moved one time and didn't find a new doctor and ran out of his pills, so just kind of stopped taking them. I mean, these are the yes, stories we, we hear, hear everyone all the time tell us. And so I've just been off of my blood pressure medicine for a long time. Or I've been off my blood pressure medicine for even a few weeks. Well, your blood pressure goes up and that really puts you in harm's way you're playing russian roulette when you let your blood pressure stay high and and you don't want to do that um and many times people will be really resistant and they're like i don't want to take that pill for the rest of my life Well, how about we get your blood pressure down and you make these solid lifestyle changes. You can go to the American Heart Association's website and look up the DASH diet or... Heart healthy um, exercise. Yes. And exercise is a great way to bring your blood pressure down. Mm -hmm. You can get 10 points off of your top number of your blood pressure. Your blood pressure has a systolic number. That's the top number. And that's what the pressure inside your blood, blood vessels is when your heart is pumping. And there's a diastolic, which means resting, and that's the bottom number, and that's the pressure inside your blood vessels when your heart is resting or not pumping. And people will frequently say, well, which one is more important? Um, they are both. Both. They are both <laughs> equally important. So it really doesn't matter. You're making your heart work harder, and you're putting extra pressure in those blood vessels, whether it is pressure during pumping or pressure at rest. So they can both have bad outcomes. It's we really don't want you to fixate on one or the other. Also, really important thing to understand is. Um, It's either or of the numbers being too high. It doesn't have to be both. Yeah. So we want your top number below 130. We want your bottom number below 80 for best blood pressure. And if your top number is always 120, but your bottom number is always 100, that's equally bad to if your top number is always 150. So it doesn't matter which one is too high. We need to treat it. Mm. But by going on treatment doesn't mean you have to be on treatment your whole life. You can start making those lifestyle changes Some people have a genetic issue with it and they can do everything right and lose weight and be exercising. And some people are already doing these things like you're training for a triathlon. You're the most fit person that I'm going to see this week and you have high blood pressure. Mm -hmm. It's probably not lifestyle. It's probably more genetic, but you're at an equal risk even though you're doing those other things right of something bad happening because you're keeping a high blood pressure. So we want
1: you to care about blood pressure. And so that is the end goal of this episode. So we hope by just kind of... um, listing out some things and and telling you kind of our medical
0: opinions about why it matters so much that it will matter to you. Hopefully you understand what hypertension or high blood pressure is a little bit more. And hopefully, you know, when we start by saying, what is hypertension and why should you care? The reason you should care is because it will lead to death immediately or really bad outcomes with chronic disease, living on dialysis, having congestive heart failure. Bad things come from not caring about your blood pressure. We want to care about your heart. We like to leave you on a good note, so today's Tell Me Something Good comes from our wonderful Judy in our billing department. Judy, tell me something good. Something awesome today is I am working at work today. My job is hybrid and I don't get to see my coworkers as much and I just love my job. Ah, we love that. Something good is getting to leave the house and spend time with your coworkers. Thank you for joining us today and until next time, take care of yourself.